As you walk through the valley of the shadow of hell, you will see through the fog a bend in reality, a veil that is beyond your own comprehension. It's the other side, beyond the void. To Beyond, Beyond the, the Void. Void Horror Podcast. That's right. It's episode 340. And today we're going to be doing a Martyrs v. Martyr judge court case to decide who is the better film, which is not going to be very hard. Who is guilty? Yeah. Who is the guilty party? Who will get five indictments? I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. But yeah, we got Martyrs from 2008 and. Martyrs from 2015, the remake. Yeah, or reimagining. Okay. <laughs> is what they were calling it at the time, anyway. But yeah, uh, so Plemke sent out Martyrs on Blu-ray to us, which thank you very, very much. Really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, by the way, guys, if you ever want to donate to the podcast, you can do so very easily by going to our Amazon wish list, which is located on our front page. And it's also located in our link tree so that you can either donate money or, you know, you know, with like a tag, like, Hey, I'm donating 20 bucks so you can buy this movie. Or if there's not a movie in our wish list, you can tell us and we'll, we'll add it and then you can buy it and we'll review it on whether you want it on YouTube or on the podcast. You know, we offer that as a you know a thanks so but yeah thank you very much plemke fucking rock dude he's got some fucking secret shit coming to me in the mail this month i don't know what it Uh is he won't tell me he told me one of the things and i was like oh boy because i was just talking about it in my review of august underground oh no i said traces of death but he said that the he got something from ebay for uh the podcast and that he wants he won't tell me what it is, but that they threw in faces of death on Blu-ray. <laughs> Great. Which is more the fake one. You know, yeah, it's got a lot more fake ones. Cause like I remember one of the faces of death, and one of the stupidest things was that they had like a dude in a lion cage or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he was like literally wearing like an orange jumpsuit and then they like cut to a guy with a blue jumpsuit for some reason and had his arm ripped off or something like that. And then it, oh. and then it was mixed in with other stuff. Like I, I remember they had um this like some sort of ritual or something where this guy was like eating a heart or something in a fire pit. Mm-hmm. We we used to watch those movies on Halloween like with my buddy Skip back in the day. You met Skip. Right. And uh yeah, before he was, you know, in a family. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we used to pop those on for Halloween at his house a mm-hmm. um, couple years in a row. 
And I was like, Jesus, man. He was like, yeah, I got these at the video store. Let's watch them. <laughs> I was like, happy Halloween, buddy. Traces of death are far more uh, more serious and real. Like, that's straight up death. Right. So, I'm, you know, might watch that one, of course, and review it. Because I feel a little guilty if I didn't. You know what I mean? The faces of death. There's a spider. What? There's a little tiny spider. like, flying. Oh, I was like, what is she doing? She's not even responding. She's Sorry. like, welcome to the podcast, Christina. I'm going to get you alive. <laughs> She's like, oh, by the way, I'm going to be on point today. This is. The- <laughs> I did say that. And then she's staring off at a goddamn spider, <laughs> leaving her fucking host hanging. Co-host. Anyway, uh, yeah, so we got this episode for you today. It should be a pretty in-depth one. I actually wrote a little piece for the my thoughts uh, about one of these films. And the other one, well, I don't know if it necessarily is going to get that kind of treatment. <laughs> and you'll have to figure out which one it is. I think you might know. <laughs> so how are you doing, Christina? What's going on with you? I'm obsessed with the hurricane. I know. She's been watching those stupid TikTok videos. And no, I have it up on my radar right now because it's actually going on right now everybody's obsessed well, because they don't a, experience it in california it's a tropical storm see i lived in florida and that shit was not something you look forward to you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> my parents live that out on the east coast too down that way and they're always berated by fucking hurricanes and it's like jesus man right i don't want to live through that so everybody in florida see the thing is and everybody in california is really nervous because they don't have the infrastructure for flooding Right. They're not used to that shit. No, even in Vegas, because they've been having problems in Vegas right now. Because it's raining so much. Right. It's not, they're not made for it. Right. Same with Arizona. They're made for earthquakes, but. (laughs) We get, we get uh, water problems out here too. Yeah, we got bad water problems. It flooded like in 2016. 2016, when the last hurricane came up the Peninsula, 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 Peninsula. The Mexican Peninsula. Oh, you mean the, um, yeah. I forgot what that one was called. Where but Ensenada begins and. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that came through. The little hangnail. flooded here. <laughs> yeah, and, and flooded here. Did it? Okay. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of people in California, like my buddy is out here working in Arizona and they sent him home so he could be with his family just in case. And it's like, he's in California, and it's like, they, I, I they think you're, you're they overreacting. Sent his family here. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. Like, you, you'll be better here where it's a, a mudslide, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it is very windy here, though, just so you guys know. it's The weather has been very weird the last two days because it's been really cloudy, which it never is. Right. And it's not on the radar because, you know which I just think is weird. And now like the wind started to pick up. So it's like 20, 25 miles an hour right now. And we're recording on Sunday. So it's already turned into a tropical storm. But the thing a lot of people don't realize is that these hurricanes lately have been going from in like 12 hours, they turn from a tropical storm into a fucking like category three or four. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like wild, like how fast that occurs these days uh, in these storms. So, but anyway, yeah, it didn't really do as much. I think, in, and obviously in Mexico, it probably did more damage than anywhere else. Mm-hmm. But it shot more east than it did anything. So we're talking about the weather, by the way. This is the weather cast. So <laughs> I'm your weatherman, Deacon or Alex. And uh, just kidding. <laughs> I've been playing some video games lately. We got a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre that came out on Xbox Game Pass and PC Game Pass. How's which, that going? It's fucking dope. 
I like it, actually. And I'm not a fan of Dead by Daylight, which I always get a bunch of shit for. I feel like they just skin items and then, like, sell them. Granted, they're not as much as, like, something like the skins of, like, Fortnite or something like that, which are, like, $20, $25. These ones are usually, like, 5 to $7. Like, they have an Ash Williams on Dead by Daylight that you can get and uh, a Nicolas Cage one where he's just screaming and just being upset. I only, I partly want to play Dead by Daylight again just for Nicolas Cage, mm-hmm. literally, because his character's in there. Uh, but for this one, it's the fucking Leatherface. You got the grandpa who's in the chair. They feed it blood. You got the sissy Johnny, the hitchhiker, which cuts his, he's got that mole on his face mm-hmm. in the first movie, remember? And he cuts his hand. Right. And like Franklin's like staring at him like, what the fuck? And everybody else is like panicking and freaking and they kick him out of the van. Mm-hmm. That guy's in there. He's all jangly. <laughs> He's my favorite character to play right now. I got to play with Jason and uh, Kaylee from Sinister Cinema Reviews. Mm-hmm. And you guys should check them out. Support them. They're really fun. We had a blast together. And I'll be honest, I haven't really been hanging out with many people. You know, I've been hanging out with Johnny who's been stopped by the house. And that's it. That's it. And so it, it was nice to hang out with... Uh, Jason, his brother, and Kaylee, and we had a really fun time laughing it up in that fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre game. So I'm looking forward to playing that again with them. Jason's trying to get me out of the house, you know, because I never leave the house. Right. <laughs> he was taking it personally until I told him. I was like, no, nah, man, it's, it's just like, I think the pandemic ruined me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So he's like, come and work out with me. Come out here. And, uh, which I appreciate, Jason. Thank you very much. Uh, but yeah, it was really nice. I liked his brother and his wife, Kaylee, is awesome. And uh, yeah, they're just a lot of fun. So we've been having a good time. But yeah, play Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We're not sponsored by them, but we did have uh, the head of Gun Media come to uh, our podcast for their Friday the 13th game on our 13th episode, which uh, has a really interesting intro for it, where Jason plays uh, some sort of like uh, Jeopardy. Oh, that's right. And he kills the host. That's funny. Which is me. (laughs) My little skits that I like to do in the beginning of the uh, episode sometimes. But this episode is going to be pretty wild. It's going to be a deep one. So if you've seen Martyrs, this might be a treat for you to get some thoughts about it. If you've watched it recently to kind of touch up on what the movie was about even better, because you'll get more out of that depth, um, I think. Um, I'm curious to see what Christina has to think about it. She hasn't told me shit. Um, I'm really curious because, yeah, one of us likes it, I think. I don't know. (laughs) We did have some bad news this week, though, and as some of you know and have been around the block here at BTV for a long time, you may know of a guy named Dr. Lovegore, who, by the way, has since passed away as of recording this a few days ago, and unfortunately, he used to write for us on the uh, the whole website. He used to be one of the first writers. You know, obviously we've had a lot of different writers on there doing a lot of different things. And as you know, we never have ads on it. We never get paid for it. It's just a passionate thing. And he used to be, he used to do reviews. He used to do like pieces about supernatural. And uh, he also did a lot of like lists for top gore scenes. And I asked him to be a part of that many years ago. And, um, and he joined willingly and, uh, has 
came up with a lot of movies that I didn't even know existed sometimes Mm -hmm. just on these gore scenes alone. So I wrote a big article about it. You can check it out on our website. It's uh, called So Long and Thanks for All the Gore. It's uh, for Dr. Love Gore. We're going to miss you, buddy. I really, really wish that I would have had you on the podcast like we had always talked about, and I regret it now. So it's kind of a bummer, you know? It's sad, too, because he was so young. He really was. And I don't want to get into details about that. It's not my business to tell. But just know that he was very, very passionate. He was a very kind person, a very talented individual. He was a rapper. And uh, I wrote this big piece about it that I just wanted to honor him in it. So it, it, it gives his top 10 articles that he ever wrote for the podcast on that article at the at the bottom and I really hope that you take a chance to just kind of look through them. I get no money from it, so this isn't a ploy for some dumb shit. It is just to celebrate him. So I urge you to check that out. We love you, Dr. Lovegore. And I think it's about that time. We're going to take a shot for him. Yep. Horror shots! All right, guys, so we're not going to do anything for any kind of particular movie in here. This is specifically for Dr. Love Gore, and uh, we just decided to do it straight, um, you know, do a do a straight shot of tequila. I didn't want to make a joke about this or attach him to something else. I specifically just wanted to take this segment to honor him to Dr. Love Gore. To Dr. Love Gore. We got some tequila here. I don't even know that if he ever drank, and even if he didn't, it's just... Just honor him, not anything else. So to, to Doctor Lovegore. Doctor Lovegore. I hope he's rapping wherever he is. Ooh, woo, spicy. Very spicy. But yeah, woo. Mm. That was a that was a strong shot. Oh, I don't do shots that often anymore. I like that. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like we do it every week, but we don't like drink during the week really at all anymore. So. Right. We just get high as fuck on crack. Hell so. yeah. <laughs> just kidding. But yeah, we love you, Dr. Lovegar. Everybody who has celebrated this week uh, in his life, we appreciate you and uh, we love you. Make sure you hug someone in the uh, horror family and let them know that uh, even if you don't like the same movies, that we all sort of share the same love of the genre. But thanks, Dr. Lovegar. All right, guys, so now we're going to jump into our flesh and potatoes of Martyrs from 2008 and Martyrs from 2015. And we're going to go ahead and do that right now. So Christina did the work on the first one here, and she's going to struggle a little bit, I think, with these names. Hey, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying the that. Uh, we practiced. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> she's like, why the fuck do you tell them? It's because I have this anyway. thing about me. I can't help being honest about shit. Oh, know? I know. It's annoying sometimes. <laughs> it's not about being honest. It's about keeping your mouth shut. <laughs> I know. I know. I feel guilty like I'm hiding it or something. Anyway, so Martyrs was released September 25th, 2008 through the festival circuit. 
a young woman's quest for revenge against the people who kidnapped and tormented her as a child leads her and a friend who is also a victim of child abuse on a terrifying journey into a living hell of depravity. Yeah. Tagline. They haven't finished being alive. Uh, Not yet. (laughs) I guess. Uh, Written and directed by Pascal Lawyer, who also did Incident in in a Ghostland from 2018. And he also did The Tall Man from 2012, which I really like that movie. Well, it's one of those movies that I haven't, I I have wrote a piece about it. It's a little disappointing in some regards because it tricks you. Well, you, but I liked it. Okay. Because it tricked me. I bet you if we watch it again, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I don't like that part. Watch. Okay. Starring Morjana Aloui, who plays Anna. She was also in Ma Rock from 2015, Broken from 2016, and Sk- Skintini. Uh, Skintilla. <laughs> from 2014. Skintini? What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a drink. Mylene Jampanoy, who plays Lucy. She was in Hereafter from 2010. She was in the 36th Precinct from 20, 2004 and Valley of the Flowers from 2006. We have Catherine Begin. Begin. Something like that. Yeah, who plays Mademoiselle. She was in a lot of French movies, including Lawrence Anyways from 2012 and Covergirl from 1983, but passed away in Quebec in 2013. We also have... Robert Tupin, who plays uh, Lee Pierre, uh, he played Benson and Chud from 1984, and <laughs> I everything. Think I saw that, yeah. Everything else was he's done a bunch of French stuff, a okay. bunch of French stuff. <laughs> the stupid French stuff. <laughs> That's not what, what it I meant. Like. Uh, the budget on this film was three point three million pounds. Gross worldwide was one point one million. Yeah, euros. I think was what oh. Did I say Use pounds? It. Yeah, it's you said pounds. It's definitely not a French. Why would French? Oh, use I know. Pounds? I don't know. It's okay, Euros. I'm American. Uh, <laughs> That's not an excuse. <laughs> yes, it is. No, it is not. Yes, it is. Well, because we're all stupid. Is that what? Yes. It is? Yeah, okay. Yes, because you know, we remake movies. But anyway, what do you think about this movie, Alex? <laughs> I'm just teasing you. By the way, I love you. Uh so I have quite a few different thoughts about this. Pure garbage. (laughs) So the story of a girl so tortured that she seeks out her captors for revenge only to undercover a deep, more disturbing world with her bestest friend in the world is very appealing to me. I've seen a lot of the director's films and he likes to put a lot of, you know, like a melodrama in with like shocking or scary images. He did The Tall Man, which if you recall was the movie that starts off like super mysterious, kind of makes you feel like it's this like supernatural thing that's going on. And then by the end of the movie ends up being something so innocuously different and large and like this organized thing, which I wasn't too fond of. But, you know, maybe if I watch it again, I'll like it again more. But it, it kind of like threw me off in like a different way than like something like M. Night Shyamalan, which we're going to be mentioning a lot about him in this. Oh, we are? Yeah, you'll see. Um, but he also did uh, a movie called Incident in a Ghostland, which Brittany and I did a uh, episode on or at least talked about it on our top favorite films or whatever, which I know some people really relate to, but it wasn't exactly for me. Brittany at the time was a huge fan of it. I think she even made it her number one film of the year. Mm-hmm. So... um. 
Perhaps it relates to women more than maybe I could probably understand in that regard because it was very feminine and it was more dedicated towards women and their experiences and things like that and some sort of metaphor in a way. Um, So I think I think of myself as pretty open minded and I'm open to different perceptions and, you know, things like that. So maybe I just missed it or I just wouldn't have an experience of it. But martyrs, however, which is for me a perfect balance of almost all these weird things like trauma, shock and depth. For me, Pascal is actually telling the story of how pain can shape our lives. That's a very real part of the human experience. Like, I I don't think he's trying to say that pain is cool or anything or make it like some weird sort of thing like uh, Hellraiser. I once even quoted and said that, oh, this is like Hellraiser or something, you know, trying to be cool. Um, (laughs) Not as critical as I am now, probably. But I think he's trying to say that sometimes in our lives we go through a lot of pain and us overcoming it is sort of how we realize our surroundings with whom we are, you know, inside and who in our coming of age or ourselves. And we have to experience these very real moments in our lives, unfortunately, to help us shape us one way or another, but ultimately and hopefully uh, for the better. But, you know, this is his interpretation of that. And I think some of the hardest moments in my life, when I think back to them, uh, they're extremely big learning lessons about myself. In fact, it was through that pain that I actually got to know myself more and I overcame it and became super, you know, confident and stronger somehow. And it kind of set me on the path to make music, get signed to a record label and tour around North America, meet Christina and like, you know, even make it out to the UK. So I learned to own my pain. And I really think that's kind of what he's doing in this movie. And, and that's without spoiling it. You know what I mean? Um, But I think a lot of people have seen this movie already. So I think it's okay to talk about this a little bit more anyway, but That's why this movie can and will affect some people more than others, I think. So you could call it just a torture porn movie because it's got some pretty shocking images and things in it. And Pascal would probably say, that's cool. That's fine. Because he has said that a lot of people called it torture porn and said it was this and that. But to those people, it is like that, you know, but there are and is a lot of raw depth in this movie that is kind of lingering under the surface of all that torture and, and gore and shocking nature that it truly makes this film to me an actual work of art. And I think through its shocking images and scenes, it delivers that message much like the pain this movie represents that the director went through because he finds this a very personal film. He went through to kind of reach enlightenment of some sort. And you, as the viewer, sort of locked in that seat, chained down and put through a version of it in an exaggerated way, you know? So a lot of people say torture porn, gone art house, which I think makes sense, you know, to the middle road of both sides of the fence. A lot of people say torture porn. A lot of people say art house. You know, it just depends on what you think it is. Uh-huh. But I definitely feel this movie will resonate with those who've probably experienced some sort of trauma or pain or mental pain. You know, I mean, not to glorify it, you know, not to like say, oh, violence is cool or anything like that. It's more about how to master it. And those who would, you know, sort of love to exploit your pain while you're going through it. So the director for me wanted to tell his pain much more an exaggerated sort of way 
which is what film is all about, right? Like if you're making really good film, you're putting yourself in that film, right? You're writing from the heart. Uh-huh. You're writing from personal experience. Yeah, we can all be creative, but the bigger movies, the more the the really good movies are the ones that are written based on something you're experiencing. Right. Those are the ones that really impact our lives. Yeah, I can watch all these fucking gory movies and get an enjoyment factor from it because that's what it's going for. But when you look at a bigger film like this, it has everything. So it's not just a journey that is somewhat shocking, but it's just so real. Like the performances in here, I thought were really good. The lead actress who plays Lucy is fucking phenomenal. She was a perfect choice for this movie. She plays really distant and fucked up and like dark and like just in a different place than, than, you know, I think most performances would be, Mm -hmm. you know, she really kind of made this and I don't know how much of it is her and how much it is direction wise, but she was a good choice. Nonetheless, Uh, this is kind of like a to me, like some people call it shocking and stuff. I didn't think it was as shocking now as it might have been once it first came out, you know. For, for a lot of people, it's kind of like it reminds them of the other French horror movies like Inside, which is not as in-depth, you know what I mean? It's just really shocking and, like, scary because it's about pregnant horror. Uh, and then you got High Tension, which, you know, tries to get pretty tricky with some sort of weird, mis- you know, message. Um, but it kind of, like, jumps the shark a little bit because it doesn't make logical sense. But it still has that air about it of depth. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but Martyrs is just on another level. I think it's above both of those films in in the like well-rounded department. So if you just want a torture porn film, you'll get a decent sized serving here, but those looking for a deeper message or those who've experienced some sort of suffering mentally might grab onto this in a deeper way than others would. Mm -hmm. So I I really appreciate the film for that factor. Like I did Titan or Titan. However you say, Mm -hmm. I'd give this an easy nine out of 10. Right. Because of just the mixture of everything that's in this, the gore and the graphic and the shocking moments are right on point. Uh, There's so much thought and stuff put into there. There are a a few illogical things if you think of it in a reality sense, but if you think of it in a sort of metaphor sense, it it all kind of makes sense. Right. Uh, To me, anyway. So, but I think all of the cylinders in this movie were firing most, almost, almost perfectly. So that's why I say nine, maybe even a 9.5 out of 10 uh, for just a movie about it. Am I going to watch it every single fucking, you know, year? Probably not. But it's a damn good film. And it kind of reminds me of something like Joan of Arc a little bit, which I found out uh, is connected to this movie in some weird way, too. I can see that. Yeah, because, I mean, she's like worshiping God and she would solve she would she was a martyr. Right. I was thinking about all the different martyrs and stuff like that in history. Right. And I started to look that up. And that's when I was like, oh, yeah, Joan of Arc. Right. And then I looked in the fucking extras like I went through all of his interviews and he talks about something like that. So mm. I'll go over that, which is that just nailed my point down. But it made me feel stupid for bringing it up. <laughs> so I was like, fuck, when when these films really affect me like this one does, mm-hmm. I'd forgotten all about it. My last watch 
It's, a long it's, time ago. It's, yeah, it's been 10 years since I've seen this movie. Yeah. At least. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know when it was. It might have been while we were doing the podcast, but I, for, I have a completely different mindset about it this time. And it really affected me in a, in a deeper way than I ever, ever thought it would. So what about you, though? I would oh, love to hear. It's funny because... Of course, I've seen this movie before, and it's been a long ass time since I've seen it. And I remember I liking it. I was like, "Yeah, I liked it." And I only remembered like the ends, the ending, and right. like the end scene. And and now I'm like, "Oh, okay, that's why I didn't remember." So when we were watching the first part, I was just like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! How did right. I for- fucking forget all of this shit going it's on?" It's brutal. Yeah, it really is brutal. But I really do like the story of this one. It's a really good story. Right. And it did. It stuck with me more this time than it, it did, like, probably... I've probably seen this movie, like, two or three times, but it's probably been so long. Like, again, I just... I don't remember. But, yes, it's a really good story. It's a revenge story, and there's torture in it, and it's brutal. And, like you were saying, the acting's really good. It's really good. But, I mean, it's, it's just, like, s- such a deep... I mean, you kind of, I didn't go that deep with it like yeah, you did. When I sat but, here and thought about it, I just, it's, I just like really poured it out. Like, yeah, I just, I just thought it was a great story. It reminds me of like a girl with a dragon tattoo. Oh like yeah. That story's a really good story too. Very harsh, real reality. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, but like you mentioned, you mentioned high tension because I always think of high tension when I think of this movie, but I think it's because of like the mental illness side to both those movies, oh, both these okay, movies, you sure. know what I mean? And they just portrayed it differently in this movie than they did in the other movie. I don't, I would say that it's less about mental illness only oh, yeah, because right. No, you're right. that has this stigma attached to it. If you say it that way, I would say trauma, but even trauma has that sort of stigma attached to it too. Like just because exactly. you have trauma means you're going to be that way. No, this is a metaphor. So you don't right. have to worry about and that. And it wasn't even about that. Like it wasn't even about that at all. Sure. So that's why it's such a good story though, is because it's like, it's, it's kind of misleading you a little bit, but it doesn't, you really don't know what's going going on until like about midway through the movie sure that's where the twist but, happens and then yeah, you're when like the, oh when the, the twist i love how they handled that twist story. too yeah it yeah, wasn't totally. too much it wasn't like it over it didn't overstay but it explained it explained it and right. it didn't really leave any holes the only issue i have with the movie is towards the end it gets extremely slow for me and I know there's a point because it's like this process and they explained it's like this process. But I mean, it just kind of kills it f- for me, which is why I didn't remember everything that happened in the beginning when I first the first few times I watched this movie because it was it just dragged for so long to me. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels I like interest. two movies in one in, in a way. Yeah, in a way. Because the third act is so different and like boring. Well, the beginning me. of it is. Yes. Not the beginning, the like towards the end. I'm sorry that you find torture boring, Christine. <laughs> <laughs> the same thing over and over again. Yes, yes, I do. Anyway, I so I gave it an eight out of ten. Okay, so okay. it's up there. We're pretty much in agreement then. Agreement but yeah, then. that story is just—it's a great story. But yeah, I think once you watch it again, if you watch it again, you'll think about what I said, and I will break down because I can't spoil it here, obviously. I will break down what each of the characters symbolized and what I think is each of the characters representation of of Laurier's work 
and his pain and suffering because he he went through a period of of like depression and stuff that that helped kind of encourage some of the writing on this, which you often hear about with people kind of like uh, Ari Aster who did uh, what was the movie the the one where he goes they go out to the field. Midsommar. Midsommar. When he went through a breakup, he he sort of wrote from the heart on that. Do you do you think it's kind of interesting? These men are writing these versions of women. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. But I don't think it. It's um. I mean, I guess if you looked at it on the surface, yeah, it's a story of like uh, power or you know revenge or whatever. But yeah, I think it's just he's just using the characters to kind of redefine what his. But women pain can is. handle a lot more pain than that's men, true, so. and I. I think that's probably why he picked them. Yeah. Plus it's more, you know, it's French. <laughs> they love using women in films. Like it's <laughs> the strongest element in a lot of those films. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I, I can I think of every single one of those movies and it's like always females. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. high tension inside, uh Titan. Um I mean, obviously that one was written and directed by a woman, but yeah, it's a lot of these, like, I think that's just an element in horror, particularly, that, that is more interesting and appealing, I think, because there's this, like, uh, patriarchal sort of, uh, th- like, thing that's ingrained into us that men take care of women, and so we got to look out for them in a way. So men see and go, oh, my God, she's going to get hurt or something like that, and then women see it as an empowering thing. What do you think? Am I wrong? I guess. <laughs> Wow, deep, <laughs> deep thoughts by Christina. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, it, the French, it is a lot of uh, female-fronted characters and such. So and well, if this was a man, because I always think of Hostel, Hostel 1 and Hostel 2. Right. Because Hostel 2, which is the superior film well, see, to Hostel fu- 1. It's funny that you bring that up because a lot of people were comparing this movie to Hostels yeah, because this yeah. was after the, the whole torture porn thing. Right. And that's where well, that terminology was, came from is hostile. Yeah, well, it was, it was that era, the the 2000s, that's right. what horror movies were. Right. So. Do you think he handled the uh, females in this movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they or acted you, great. I think it was the acting. I think if the acting wasn't there, then I don't think it it, it would have pulled through through it all. Oh, dude, those women are like, fucking amazing. Everybody. Everybody was good. Yeah. Even the fucking, like, torture guy. Yeah, even the, the the family in the beginning who gets oh killed. Oh my god, how I believable mean, was that? Oh yeah, totally. I don't want to spoil it before the next remake because I've we've got some words. <laughs> we got some hands to yeah, throw. Yeah, we need to get to that. So let's move I know, along. I know. You shut the fuck up. <laughs> anyway, so if you want to watch this movie, you can watch it on Tubi. There's like Voodoo. I think you can watch it on. Uh, I think it's on Amazon Freebie. Freebie. It's out there. It's out there. Both of these are out there. Yeah, it's on Voodoo, Tubi, Pluto, Plex, and you can rent it in on any of the other places. All of those are with ads. I think the Plex one is free. So if you have a subscription to Plex, I think you get that as part of the service. But yeah, if you don't want anything spoiled, we're going to get into our spoilers and spoiler thoughts now. Here's your warning. When asked the uh, inspiration was, Pascal said, I don't know precisely. I think that if you knew where the idea came from, we would probably wouldn't have done the film. (laughs) What I can tell you is that I started to write the script by thinking about revenge sequences. 
the girl knocking at the door and killing the members of the uh, apparently regular middle class family from the starting point I thought about the path of the character and the consequences of her actions little by little I got the whole story the more I was writing it and the more I realized how violent and brutal it was I started to realize at the same time that the violence and the brutality was the point of the film oh that makes sense he said it's a one of the people that was interviewing him said it was a very difficult film to watch He's like, what's your intention? Was it your intention to raise the bar in on the screen brutality? He said, no, the idea was that the film deals with what we do with the pain and the goal of the pain. I didn't invent the pain and we all feel the pain on an everyday basis. We all constantly hurt each other in everyday life. So after a while, I started wondering about the meaning of the pain and the reason behind the violence. And the film deals with that. So kill people, but your pain still won't go away. Well, I don't Even think he means kill, it literally. Kill it. Kill I think it. he means like, like you know, people know, are always trying to hurt each other in other ways. Right. You know, because of their pain. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not an excuse. He's not. He's not. A, he's not saying, oh, well, that's OK that you do that. <laughs> you know, because then everybody would just get away with everything. You know what I mean? Um, he says it's not a film about torture. It's a film about suffering. I really needed the audience to feel the pain to reach our limits. So maybe it would reach another level after the pain. Like my main character does reaching some transcendent state. That's why I couldn't oh. have any distance from the brutality given to my main character. And I really wanted the audience to be my main character oh. taking the risk. Of course, that a percentage of the audience would of course turn against the film because they don't understand it or don't like it. But I had to do it as it was the most honest way to tell my story. So he had confessed later on, you know, that that he wrote the screenplay for the film in a state of a clinical depression bordering on suicidal thoughts, which is why the film is said to have a nihilistic and depressing subject matter. Okay, but plus there's, you know, I'm going to get into my spoiler thoughts of which of the characters. He doesn't say any of this. This is just my take after reading everything Mm -hmm. for the trivia, because I use my I do my thoughts first. Mm -hmm. I do the trivia next. And then I do my spoiler thoughts. Uh huh. And that's what I did here. So, which Pascal said he was a big, big fan of M. Night Shyamalan when he got this movie put out. Oh. And that was at a time when M. Night Shyamalan was kind of ruling the market in mainstream a little bit too. Right. Not politically, he says, but on a cinematic level, I like M. Night Shyamalan. He uses the genre to express himself. He's not talking shit. He doesn't take any distance from the stories he tells. He doesn't uh, do films to show us that he's clever that this, uh, than the story he is telling. Obviously. So, and I think that's kind of true. You know, it's just his own personal way to do it. A lot of people were like, oh, you think you're so clever. You know, they got, I got tired of his like twist too. Yeah, Lady in the Water. It became fucking no, annoying. I didn't think that that was the least of his twists, to be honest. <laughs> the village was right on the nose. I haven't seen that. Oh, you haven't? No, I haven't. Oh my god. I told you I haven't seen that. Fuck god damn it. Did now he, we're gonna have to watch two M Night Shyamalan movies. Did he just do to, the others? Was that him? No. Oh, okay. I haven't no, seen but that, that just either. came out on 4K, and you haven't seen that either. No. That's got a really cool twist in it that a lot of people already kind of think about. So it's kind of like just like kind of hammering it home. Oh, but it was one of the first films that did it in that way because we've always had theories about it. I don't want to explain it. No, different, different way. Okay, it's hard to explain without spoiling it. So I won't say it. But in France, apparently they do have a rating system and uh, they they addressed it because it used to be really 
fucking out of control. Like they would like try to ban shit for no reason. So like us, they came up with a rating system and, uh, you know, there's, there's, you know, levels that go all the way up to like NC 17, you know, which is our, our NC 17 rating out here. They kind of use theirs out there to bury movies like we like we do out here for N seventeen and NC seventeen. Our NC seventeen rating is called forbidden under eighteen uh, for like pornographic parts, which is very much like N seventeen NC seventeen. Right. Uh, but this film's received a forbidden under sixteen, so he got it distributed somehow. Some people had joked, you know, that he had knew that he'd known the people at the board, oh. but of course he didn't. They always right. you know, out here they switch them out. There's like a group of people that do it and they switch them around. Right. To do the, you know, the family to to get the different dynamics. Right. To see how it affects everybody. Right. But yeah, this one just slipped by because it's not really sexual. You know, it's right. it's just At violent. All. Yeah. It's just violent. Um now Morjana Aloi, the main girl who played Anna, she actually broke three bones during the movie shoot and had to stay in bed for six weeks after it. Ouch. And it's funny because she said, the first time I read the script, I was just like, wow, I have to be a part of this. After Pascal cast me as Anna, I started rereading it. And every page I was like, oh, my God, how am I going to fucking do this? <laughs> what I get myself into? Yeah, she's like, I'm going to die. And then he's like, for a few seconds during the shoot, Pascal thought he had killed her, actually. Oh, my God. She said, I was walking on the first floor of the studio. And as soon as I put my foot on it, it just collapsed. I fell three meters and broke three bones, and we had to stop shooting for a month and a half. It was a nightmare for the producers, but we needed a break. Mm -hmm. And she got one, too. Twice. Oh, that's good. Oh, it's not good. (laughs) Are you not thinking about the joke here, Christina? No. She said the producers, it was a nightmare for producers, but we needed a break, and she got two. She she actually broke two bones? She got four. (laughs) Because she broke one bone three places, and she was on oh, break. Oh, okay. okay. That, that was a terrible. I fucked it up. Fuck that you. That was terrible. I was trying to make a joke on top, all right? It didn't work. I'm sorry. Right, thank you. Fuck you. Moving on. I'm divorcing you. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, when people saw the uh, this in the festivals, there was men and women that had passed out at screaming. At screenings, not screaming. Screaming? They passed out screaming? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, but one woman did puke in the middle of the aisle. Of course. As she passed out. Right. <laughs> and the director said, my intention was not to disgust the audience. Uh, it didn't really make me happy or please me. The reaction has been as extreme and as radical as the film itself. Dramatic. He thinks, he, in other words, he thinks it's too much. Yeah, I do too. But he went on to talk about the term torture porn that the movie's hostels always gets compared to. This is what I was kind of mentioning before. On the last page of the script, um, Lawyer actually pinned a photo from Carl Theodore Dreyer's scorching. It's an emotional silent, The Passion of Joan of Arc. And he said, I can't imagine Eli Roth doing that. The very expression torture porn comes from the genre culture I come from, says Pascal. So I have no problem with people saying my film is a variation of torture porn, but I wanted to make a very different and personal movie mixed horror mixed with empathy, violence mixed with sadness. I wanted to talk about the reasons for suffering we feel more or less constantly in our everyday life. This film is kind of a strange depiction of pain, things you don't usually see like like and someone said, well, like what? And he said, like 25 minutes of seeing a girl being tortured on a daily basis without a single second of humor. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
<laughs> which is hilarious, you know? I'm just mm-hmm. kidding. Okay, hilarious. Um, there was apparently, after rehearsing the torture scenes for two months, Laurier kept his actresses isolated from crew during the shoot. The only person that Aloy actually spoke to was her torturer. She was like, he was great. He was a great guy. <laughs> she smiled. I think he was more horrible for him than anybody, she said. She said he cried on set, actually. Wow. She said, yes, once he actually thought he might hurt me and just started crying. Dang. That's crazy because that he seems so angry in that part. Mm-hmm. That guy. Oh, very angry. The tall guy that she's in there with. Right. He's beating her. It just kind of beats the shit out of her. Right. Fuck. He wasn't the only one. Co-star Mylene Jampanoi found Loyer to be a torturer of equal talent, she said. (laughs) Every night when I went back to my room, I just cried because I was so physically and psychologically tired, she says. All my scenes are violent. When I chose this movie, my agent told me, maybe it's not a good choice as an actress. You should maybe start with a comedy. (laughs) But the script was amazing, like really amazing. I knew this would be a film that people would either love or hate. And Mm -hmm. I think you're right, you know. Totally. So do you want to like try your hand at what what you think some of the characters mean or do you want me to like tell you and then oh tell me I have I don't know they're I wrote it all down because I was just like okay they have meaning I I think so okay so like Anna represents the friend trying to save you from the past that you've been through right Mm -hmm. like you know how we all have friends if you've ever been through like some serious heavy depression you realize that friends can only help you so much right Right. the pain you know the pain that you're going through is it's it, it helps it doesn't take it away. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, sometimes it can drag you down with it by helping a friend. Right. And I think that's the kind of example that she loved her so much that she was willing to go to hell and back. To help her. To help her. Right. And, you know, Anna goes through hell. <laughs> and back. Literally and comes back from heaven. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, possibly. I don't we don't really know. We'll get into that a little bit more when we get to the to the end of this now lucy she's seeing the girl attacking her all the time so she sees that like monster creature that's naked running around and you think this is like a supernatural film that's what i also liked about this film that's the twist Mm -hmm. is that you kind of know that it's like in her head they kind of play with that a little bit because every time she sees it nobody's around so you Mm kind of get the gist that maybe it's not but maybe she really is being haunted and then you know that would make sense you know, blah, blah, blah. But really, it's her own personal haunted memories because... Oh, because she saw the other girl getting tortured and she couldn't save her. You you see that later on. And so, yeah, I think that's our own perceived guilt. Even if she hadn't seen that girl and left without her, we sometimes build up a narrative in our heads as to why we feel guilty. Mm-hmm. Because there's that survivor syndrome. There's right. also like, you know... If you're going through depression, sometimes you don't want to blame yourself. So you try to blame everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously she's uh, went through torture because of somebody else. But it's just kind of like how we rationalize it in our minds to kind of lo- lower the because something like that happening to somebody is just so irrational. And so it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So probably because the pain doesn't feel like it's it's deserving or ours mm-hmm. in that regard. So we create this boogeyman to sort of attack ourselves, maybe. I don't know. I'm just talking off the top here. But there, then there is the family who shot up after the first act, which, by the way, holy fuck. Dude, I, but 
I like the the transition when it was 15 years later, right. and they show a girl running down the hall, and then a guy tackles her, and then they they it, it was a brother and a sister. I like that because it, it really played off of like, oh shit, she's gonna get fucked up, and it was just her brother fucking with her. Right, you're like trying to figure out who's who. Is like, is this one of the girls that we saw as a younger girl? Yeah, exactly. And like the whole beginning is so good. They like really paced it perfectly. Yeah, to the point where it was like, bam! It was so well perfectly placed. It was the perfect family. You would never know anything different. And that's why I was thinking about this. And I was like, possibly it's a nod to say that sometimes the most pain you get is from people you would not expect it from. Oh. Like loved ones or family members. Right. Because on the outside, you seem to be sweet and kind, but deep down are the torturers themselves. Right. And to everybody else... Those people, when we say, oh, yeah, my mom's treating me like shit or something like that. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, you're kind of overreacting, don't you think? You know how the world and society. Right. You know what I mean? It used to be anyway. Nowadays, everybody's like, well, fuck, I I believe it, you know. (laughs) But I think, um, you know, sometimes there is that that side of people that don't believe you, you know, because they see this family and they they go, there's no way, Um, you know, possibly because they're afraid of the pain that we all have, like. You know, that their their way of dealing with the pain is by pretending to be happy mm-hmm. by causing by causing it like how bullies are in a way like mm-hmm. they kind of mistreat people. Right. To be in, ch- in charge of the pain that they're scared of mm-hmm. because they don't want to be bullied. Right. So that family might be kind of like that in some way. Um, the shadowy organization that's kind of like the Illuminati in it, the ones that are seeking knowledge of the afterlife and want to know and they, you know, money's no question and they're this shadowy organization who will exploit pain, kind of like the family in a way, but mm-hmm. on a more intense and intended way to kind of master it because they have a deep, dark neurosis about it as like, you know, we're mostly scared of dying, right? I think most people are, but there's different degrees in which we are. Yeah. And I think that these are the type of people that they don't want to ever feel any kind of negativity or anything whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So not only are they not empathic, but they want to they, they figure it out. They want to figure it out so that they, with money, don't even have to worry about death or what is it? Or do they have to be good people or not? Right. Or You know what I mean? So... I think by recreating pain and death, they are they're kind of like knowledge seekers that are, you know, trying to figure it out. Right. I don't know. That's kind of just my gist of it. Yeah, they're just trying. They're just rich people trying to figure it out, you know. Right. I think he just threw that in there on top of it because. Man, I thought it was good. It was a good twist, you know. Yeah. Now, what did Anna say at the very end? What do you think she what said? What did she say? I don't know because they didn't fucking say. And then she, the other... Mademoiselle fucking shot herself in the head, so (laughs) I bet you she was like, I didn't see anything. Why are you doing this? (laughs) I love how they build it all up. Yeah. And they're like, everybody comes over to the house. They're like, oh, they're going to learn about. She's going to come out here and she's going to tell you what you said. Even the guy comes out and he's like, you're about to find out what we've had four martyrs in the past. And none of them have told us, have come back and told us a recollection of what they saw after life. But we finally have found it. And that is Lucy. Uh, Or no, sorry. (laughs) It's Anna. (laughs) And, uh, he yeah, goes back to talk to the to, to the madam, and she's like, I'll be out in a second, and she's undressing. She's taking off her eyelashes. Yeah, you she's think she's off her getting makeup. ready. Yeah. But she's actually undressing, 
because it doesn't matter anymore. Appear she doesn't I think that's like a nod to say that she doesn't have to keep up appearances anymore and maybe that there is no afterlife so she shoots herself right. or she can't get out of it. She can't pay her way through it. Or there is an afterlife but all these rules that we've tried to hide from or live by that people have made us feel guilty about or whatever really don't matter so she's just on a, in a hurry to go to he heaven. You know what I think it was though? I think Anna said that the real religion was Mormonism and then Mademoiselle like freaked out and was like oh well fuck that and then shot are you making a joke yes I was like what the fuck are you talking about I was making a joke jokes are something where I would laugh if I'm not laughing then you're not doing then a I'm good... not doing a good job <laughs> I'm only getting you back for when you gave me you're shit you jerk <laughs> I really, but I really didn't know what you're talking about. Though. I didn't That's, either. I was confused as fuck what you said just now. Because I said Mormonism is the only way. I'm in a different mode right now. I'm in a like in-depth mode and you're fucking around. You know what I mean? I'm trying to fucking solve the universe here and you're fucking it's not playing happen. with balloons over here in the fucking corner. No, I'm playing with Mormonism, okay? <laughs> anyway, so what do you think? What do you think she told her? What do you think is the answer? Like, what is I your, don't think so. There is anything she says at the very end i got it written down here he's like walking back and he's like he's like are you ready madam and is there anything after she says of course and then she says do you have any idea what would be after and he's like w what do you mean uh no what's what's wrong and she pulls out a gun and says keep doubting and shoots herself <laughs> in the mouth why would she do that? Is it to because she's selfish and she doesn't want anybody else to know the goods that she's about to receive? Or is it because there is nothing and she wasted her entire life? She wasted her life. Maybe that's a nod to something else, too. Maybe that sometimes all these things that we like attach ourselves to that make us think that our lives are meaningful are really meaningless. Right. And that's kind of dire. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, really. They kind of toy with it in the other one, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A little bit. But. In the remake, but not. I think it's a little It's a little different. It's like more on the nose of what they think it now, is. Now, do you like that they did that? Do you like how yeah, they left it I, open-ended? I love movies like that. I have no problem with that. Today's well, I mean, audience, I think, does not like that. Well, they can't really say, though, because no one knows. Right. So they can't say anything. Yeah, but people still like answers and they, they hate movies that do that sometimes because most movies, they are not like most horror movies I've noticed. They have to explain everything or people get upset about it. You know, like the end of the movie, I watched Cobweb recently, which is mm -hmm. one of those one of my favorite movies this year. Mm -hmm. um, I did a review on it. Watch it. You guys need to check out that review and then go watch the movie. Um, they do something similar at the end where it's like very ambiguous and you don't really understand what it all means. But I think that's kind of cool. You know, Videodrum does something like that, too. You know, you don't really know what the fuck that means. <laughs> I have no problem with that. Right. It's OK to think, you know, mm -hmm. other people just they have to have the answers answered for them and they will not like this movie because of that. And right. that's fine. You're nothing wrong with that. It's just I pref I don't mind it. I like to think I like to think I think too much. But yeah, you do. <laughs> you do. <laughs> well, that's also where you get me from. So, you know. Unfortunately, yes. Thank you. Appreciate it. Now, fuck you. <laughs> so what do you think, Christina? I just told you. I don't know. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> do you, I mean, like, just if you had to make a guess at it, like, what would you say? Well, what I mean, would be the preferred show... ending for you if you so, had to pick between the two? They did, they did show the white swirling light. When she goes like, to okay. see the martyr, yeah. 
Yeah, I was like, that doesn't okay, mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. She could have just gotten dizzy. Yeah, I don't. I think she said there was nothing. And then the lady was like, no, she said more than there was nothing because they sat there for like a minute and a half while she was whispering. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe she was like, I fucking. She you're, spell out the she words. She's probably nothing. like, you're a fucking piece of shit. You skinned me alive. You're going to burn in hell, you dumb bit cunt. <laughs> she probably. I think that there was something and she was just in a hurry to get there. Well, that makes I think sense that kind of makes that there yeah. is something, but but she didn't share it. She didn't want to share it. She wanted to keep keep it to herself. Yeah. What if she was just like? And why did go fuck yourself? <laughs> <laughs> and it's weird that she had she told Mademoiselle instead of like the people who were already in the room. Right. Well, and then the remake kind of tries to get fancy with oh, it to make God. more sense out of it. Lord. Um. Anyway, we're not going to go over any of the scenes because obviously we spent way too long on this one, but deservedly so, I think. So uh, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. And uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Do you think any of my my opinions or, um, I don't know, theories on it might be true about each individual and like who, who they represent in just different forms of it? Like, you know, the family, the, the Anna and Lucy and all this other stuff. We'd love to hear your thoughts on it. But we do have another movie and it is the remake. And it came out in 2015. A woman and her childhood friend seek out revenge on those who victimized and abused them. Them? I know it says them. Them? That's what I said. I was like, wait, what? Okay. Anyway, tagline, the ultimate horror movie. Nope. Jason Blum came up with that one. Good job, buddy. <laughs> so the directors claim that this movie is uh, sort of more of a reimagining than a remake, but it kind of follows the every single step in a different way uh, all the way to the very end, which does change things up a bit mm -hmm. uh, with some of the characters and everything, but it all kind of ends the same way. So uh, a little bit. You know, when you say reimagining, it just kind of, and you kind of end up the same way. It doesn't really make sense to me, but these are from directors Kevin and Michael Goats, who are directors for Puddle of Mud. They did like three music videos of theirs. That's they, where they got their notoriety from. Are they from. still around? Puddle of Mud? They sound, that yeah, sounds so 2000s. Of course they're still around. Oh. They're from Ohio, I believe. Oh, okay. From like Cleveland, Ohio. That's stripper music, isn't it? Yes. Okay. And you know how I know that? Because one of my friends who's a stripper told me they used to come to her strip club all the time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, oh, and she funny. knows the guy that made the mask for them. Oh, okay. Because they wear masks kind of oh, like, right. like Slipknot, slip mm -hmm. but it was around the same time. So they kind of like, you know, wearing masks isn't something like Slipknot came up with. I mean, right. obviously we have Kiss who, <laughs> you know, wore makeup. makeup. Yeah, but they didn't know how to make masks back then. They probably would have done something like that if they could. Right. Some of the stars in this movie are Trojan, Belisario, who plays Lucy. She was in Pretty Little Liars TV, Clara. There's another movie, Lauren TV and Consent from 2010, also starring Bailey Noble as Anna, the True Blood TV show, Them TV, Flag Day. And uh, another known actor that I wanted to bring up is Toby Huss is in this, who plays Fenton. He's kind of like the security guard, mm -hmm. the, the guard of Mademoiselle or whatever. Right. He's known for doing movies like Cop Shop. He does the... Uh, Con Soup Kitchen or something in, in King of the Hill. He was in Seinfeld as Jack, and he, he did Smart Todd voice. He's done a ton of stuff, but 
You'll recognize him if you've seen the movie, if you've seen any of his movies too. So, but he's done voice acting. He's done a ton of stuff. Now, this movie was made on a budget of an estimated $1 million by Blumhouse. This is one of their earlier ones because when you look at their artwork, you know, they used to have like the video that starts in the beginning is Mm -hmm. like an empty wall of an empty house, right? And ever since they started, they've been adding newer things to the house, I've realized. Trinkets from every movie. From every single movie. So it's like yep. bare bones. And it's like, I, he had Crazy. that plan from the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's, it's so cool. It's cool. Yeah, it is kind of cool. cool. Even if you don't like Blumhouse, it's still kind of cool. I think it's cool. I don't think they really knew that they were going to go that far, you know, but they thought maybe this would be kind of fun. We're in yeah. horror. So uh, yeah, it's like a Simpsons thing, you know. Yeah, and this did make the uh, theaters, by the way, and it, it made it gross worldwide of three hundred ninety-seven thousand. Oh my god! I wonder why so low. I mean, first of all, you're trying to you're trying to fill the shoes of some pretty big shoes. Mm-hmm. So uh, and uh, yeah, imagine if he did that movie now, people would be pissed. Yeah, and I'm sure people were pissed. When this came out, I in remember people being pissed because yeah. it it hadn't even been ten years, right? You know, and it was. Sorry, I'm going to go off on a tangent here. That's fine. We'll get into that in our thoughts. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, Christina, what did you think about this movie? Okay, so so I don't know. Like right around this time is is like Americans can come around and they're going to remake foreign films, you know, because we could do it better. They've been doing that forever. They did it with fucking uh, Record. Yeah, they did. And they did it with Old Boy. And they did it, uh, the dragon, girl with a dragon tattoo I was yeah. talking about earlier. They Americanized that one too. And it was perfect the way it was. And it was like literally within 10 years. And all of them were shit. They yeah. were shit, you know. And the, exactly my thoughts on this movie. Okay. <laughs> No, I never, obviously I hadn't watched it before. This is my first time watching it. So I, I did go in it with an open mind, you know, because, well, remake wise, I like, you know, I like, I like to see what other filmmakers do with like source material. You sure. Know? And this is kind of the old method almost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- there was some differences. Uh, there was, oh, there's a lot of differences, but. Uh, Don't there was, spoil it just in case. I'm not. There was more of an explanation of them as children. Yes. Which I thought was interesting, but we're talking right. But oh my god, the the uh, Lucy uh, obviously having like uh, uh, psychological psychological issue yeah. was more present in here, whereas in the other movie it wasn't like you didn't really know, like you didn't really know if it was psychological or or paranormal and in this like you totally know it's, it's yeah they didn't dole it out for the stupidest person in the no, room they like did they it. didn't they didn't they didn't at all and the acting i'm sorry you mean for the first movie they didn't at all yeah for the first movie yeah, they didn't for this one they did yeah they it, it was pushed front and center like this is what this is the acting was not great it was not great on anna was fucking annoying oh i just could not stand her character in this she was whiny and lazy like (laughs) she was such a tough character in the other movie and then you come to this and it's like not good it's not good yeah Um, it is hard to kind of soak it up i mean maybe it's not as bad a performance but it's just after seeing the first one you just kind of like yeah yeah and uh it wasn't that brutal at all even even uh lucy's scars like on her arms and back they were not as brutal. Right. I, and it was kind of obvious. Everything so I guess, is toned down in this movie. It's very toned down. 
Um, Anna wasn't as involved, I thought. Uh, she wasn't doing as much because she's lazy. Right. You know, there's, <laughs> so <fucked> there, <laughs> there's no creepiness in this movie. It, it made it it made it so like, I don't know, maybe a man should have came and saved them. Oh my you know God. what I mean? Ugh, I know that's what I'm saying. But there was like no creepiness around like the house or anything like that. And the storyline was more of a cat, cat and mouse chase than a yeah like a torture, I guess. Yeah. And there's not really there's not really an explanation of the martyr like there was in the other movie and like what it was. It was just like literally like two sentences. No, they did go over it. I didn't think they they went. It just didn't, it wasn't as impactful as it was when the first madam really kind of explains it. But the actual, uh, the, 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 not ghost, but the lady she sees who's like beaten up on her. Oh my God. It was so CGI'd. It wasn't even creepy. Like it was just like, hey guys, (laughs) hey, I'm, I'm going to torture you. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It's pretty bad. So you're saying this I, is kind of like the uh, oh my god cars version of martyrs. The <laughs> yes, that is what I'm saying. The ending atrocious, atrocious, <laughs> atrocious. I, oh, I couldn't even. I don't even know what score to give it. I'll give it a two. Really, that I'll low. give it a two because it just pissed you off. It really pissed me off, and I'll give it a two because it tried to do something different with the story, and it just didn't work. I mean, I think that's fair as far as like quality levels go on certain things. Like, it's better than two. I think there are some levels of quality that I think you're you're just you're blinded by the rage about, and I totally get it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that quality. Yeah, what? I just mean like there's. The laurels of the film are is that it's not entirely shot bad. It feels better than a, a than a than a the acting is better than average a little bit, just slightly. Even if it is, it's still average. Do you see what I'm saying? It's just not as it good was, as the other one. It was so bright in the house all the time. Right, right. No, I I it's get that, it. Just do you want me to say what I'm okay, trying to think, you, or do you want to? No, you go ahead. What are your thoughts? I'm sorry. Okay, so I think that this movie is a cheap imitation of the other. It's still shot in a decent way. Like if you've never seen the first one, which how dare you don't watch this unless you've seen the first one, like don't even dare. (laughs) But if someone were to accidentally have seen it, they wouldn't really know that it's a bad film right away. They would just think it's an average film. That's what I'm getting at. Like if you don't compare it to the original, then it kind of stands on its own laurels in some areas. Not as well, obviously, than the first one, but as a film, as its own thing, to be fair about it, it isn't like it's shot like stupid, you know? It's just not a good story. The acting isn't as good as the first one. Like, everything pales in comparison. It, it's not even within its own shadow of of the first movie. Right. So I get it. Like, that's why I say two sounds okay if you're comparing it to the first film, which you should probably. Which we are, because this podcast right. is... But I'm just saying that it's not like the worst thing I've ever seen. It's not like an incompetent film that was made by someone that never made a film before. You know what I mean? I'm just saying that it's not as strong because the talent behind it wasn't as strong. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Right. It's just very average. And this is not an average movie. You either remake a movie to try to make it better or you don't make it. Right. Okay, because... I agree. I mean, I it's it's easy to say that, too, though, and, and still do underperform it. But mm-hmm. with a movie, something as good as, like, 
Martyrs, the first one, you're going to be hard pressed to fucking meet the quality of that. And it's almost like the movie in this one is it just felt very rushed. Everything did not feel as well paced as the first movie to me. Everything's very significant and well placed in the first one. Whereas this one is just like, let's just get through it. Let's mm-hmm. just get through it to get to my weird, weird stuff that I've changed in the movie. Here's my personal reimagining and my thoughts on it. You know, that's that's kind of where we're where I'm at with that. I like some of the like it's hard to say like uh, some one of the things that she's mentally having issues with is not even like addressed in a proper way. Nope. Uh, it is not uh, terrifying or scary. There is one image that does happen in the middle of it that is go- is kind of cool. Hey guys. Yeah, it was a little silly looking, but it still was hor- horrific in that sense. The torture. <laughs> I'm going to cut you with a yeah. kitchen knife. Yeah, it's like if Mickey Mouse decided to like make torture. It's not even as good as like Eli Roth. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and I'm not saying that he's the best. I'm saying he's not the best. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty bad. But you know, like he goes for the like more aggressive over the top type stuff. But like the gore and the torture in the first one are on a more realistic level. And it's shocking in that regard because of it. And there are some close-ups that are a little over the top, you know, in the first one, you know, with the girl who, you know, there's things I can't say. But anyway, this movie is not good. <laughs> it is, I think, below average in, in some ways and about average in other ways. So is it a competent film? It's a competent film. As an art piece, it's nowhere near an art piece whatsoever. They try to do some clever things at the very end to try to change it up a little bit to kind of make sense of it because there are some things in the first movie that is kind of like, wow, like how would they have known? What would they, why did they pick this person and et cetera? But, you know, this one tries to correct that in some way, but kind of just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense when it tries to do it. <laughs> it's like it traded spaces for an even worse excuse. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but the ending is not good. Um, it really kind of just, I don't know. It's not, a, I, 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 I would, I don't want to say that the actresses are bad actresses because, you know, I just don't think they understood the source material. And even though the main girl who played uh, Lucy tries to act tortured, mm-hmm. she does an okay job in a, a couple of moments in the film, mm-hmm. but it's nowhere near. It is like, it pales so much in comparison Uh, And it's unfortunate because the girl who did it originally just did it so fucking well. Mm -hmm. Like, she really was tortured. She really was. She was angry. She was tortured. Her eyes are piercing. The look on her, Mm -hmm. everything, the the, the prosthetics, everything in, in the original are just leaps and bounds over this. So, yeah, if I add my anger in on this, I would say this movie is a three out of ten. If I don't, it's like a four, four point five. I just don't like it. Right. I don't think I will watch it again, and I really don't even know. Nope. Maybe as a collector, I might own it. If you see it in, like, the dollar bin. But I will not watch this again because I know now. And I, I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know if I watched these movies and just didn't care or pay that close of attention, but I got a whole new understanding and meaning because I was under the impression that both of these were kind of similar. One just did some different stuff with it. But I think now that I've grown as a reviewer and mm-hmm. seen much more films, I think that and, and thought about it more deeply, it really pales in comparison. Like mm-hmm. so. But yeah, I'd say three out of ten if I'm if I'm comparing it. 
And okay. I think that's more than fair. Okay. It's 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 it kind of pissed me off a little bit. I'm telling you, it pissed me off too. I understand that nobody intended it to piss anybody off. And it's I, just one of those things where you just can't replicate. I was trying to. I was trying to. Okay. Okay. But well, it's like once I, it got to that kind of the the end parts, I was like, no. Mm-mm. Okay. So so here's an, a, a thing that I was thinking about is like I was like, okay, think about Suspiria, right? Very mm-hmm. our house. You know, how do you recreate something like that? It's very different. Mm-hmm. It's very its own thing. Um, and and it has, you know, this this whole air about it. It's way different. So when that movie was going to get remade, I was like, holy shit, how are they going to do this? This is going to be terrible. And the guy who did it actually did an okay job. Did he? Yeah, I he, never saw he it. did it differently. And you have to. He really did it differently. Mm-hmm. And he had his own artistic style about it. Oh, well, that's He good. had an art vision for it of his own that he wasn't trying to replicate from the original. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it worked because he had that art mindset to begin with. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if you're just trying to replicate a film and write a story, mm-hmm. it's going to come across as this surface bullshit that isn't even acted or performed well or artistic in any degree. Mm-hmm. Whereas the first one is balancing so many fucking crazy things that are happening all at once that, you know, like I said, the trauma, the shock, the... The acting, the, the like everything was just, just firing on all cylinders. And this one is just, man, mm-hmm. it's really just, it's unfortunate. So could they do other better films? Probably. It's not like I, I, I'm hating on them for, for making it, but I just don't like this film. So watch it if you like. We're going to get on our spoilers now. So if you don't want anything spoiled, this is definitely going to spoil it because we're going to mention probably the ending more than anything but do you want to start it off with some things in the beginning just to kind of like well about the first 20 minutes was the girls were in an orphanage and well the one well you know lucy escaped they they had her with long hair i don't know why that bothered me the whole they kept every girl's hair long right well like really long not the first film when she's like running down the street by herself yeah she's bald and she's like like, it looks intense yeah like i was like scared for her running on the on the street with bare feet not in this one i think she even had shoes on but i don't know they end up in an orphanage and you know they become friends and you know they interview lucy and all that crap and then uh well, okay, so when they did the 10 years later and then they go into the house, instead, instead, uh, they show the dad digging, like he's digging a hole, right? Which was different. And that was because Anna's lazy. So they have the dad digging a hole and then he goes, <laughs> and then he go, you know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I get it, but I don't think she's lazy. It was just how her character was supposed to be. She was, right. She wasn't as strong as the other one. Yeah. Right. So they conveniently have a hole now. So he goes in the house and then he, what I, I, what I pointed out to you was he asked the kid that he asked his son that he has to help him in the basement. And he was like, no, I don't want to. Isn't it her turn? You know, what's in the fucking basement? So they knew. Right. That's, yeah. And that's a little too on the nose for how happy they are. You know, Yeah. I feel like you, I, I feel like the kids in the first movie didn't know. Right. And she was just making sure because she didn't want that to spread. Right. And she couldn't imagine a life where these horrid people had kids that were anything good. Right. Exactly. That to me makes sense. And especially when she hesitated in the first movie, she hesitated before she she shot. She the- did in this one too. Did she? No, yeah, she but, did. But he said, see, "I'm 17, please." Yeah, but no, no, and like she, he was like 18 in the other one, right? Yeah, something like that. But I didn't see. I didn't think 
she hesitated as much as the first one because you really it's, could tell in the in the original. Right. Well, movie she's a better she, actress. And, well, yeah, no offense. That's true. That's true. And then the, the that's scene, like her ma- her moment, by the way, in the first movie. The scene in the bedroom was different too, where they right. just did it from her perspective. They didn't do it from the kids' perspective. They kind of rushed the whole like her monster. Yeah. That the other thing I didn't like about it, it was like she's just wearing a dirty poop sheet or something that was like <laughs> I was like, Ah oh, man, you ruined it. Like in the first movie, that fucking monster that she sees that she's like, you know, tearing Walks apart. Her in the room she's and... wearing nothing. Yeah. Like she's naked and she's so scarred up you can't tell what her parts are. Mm-hmm. She's got scars from head to toe, and even her eyes milky. Mm-hmm. And she's fucking terrifying because she's crawling across the fucking floor. Right. And you don't know what the hell's going on. That is good. And she's cutting herself and it looked real. Mm-hmm. Not this. No. No, she maybe had like, she had two This was like playtime play cutting or something. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was bad. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> like they were listening to emo music when they played this or something. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> the other one was listening to metal. <laughs> <laughs> I also thought it was interesting when uh, Anna shows up and she did dial 911 and she hung up and then it took like, oh. Well, and Lucy doesn't die right up. away. Oh, d- Lucy like doesn't even die till the end. She, yeah, that's true. Just fucking- she doesn't die right when the people come to, to the house to clean the mess up that, that like basically the, the shadowy organization. She actually saves this little girl in the basement. While Lucy's yeah. passed out because she jumps fucking... over the railing like of the fucking staircase like, oh, no. And then she goes downstairs into the basement and finds this little girl down there. Convenient. Which is supposed to be the whole the, the in the first movie. That little girl was grown up to be a woman, and it was the woman she left behind 15 years previously. Who was haunting her. Which is way more fucking significant than this. Than this little fucking Samantha yeah, bitch. Yeah, I know. Like, oh, I got to save her because she's a little girl. Yeah, oh, boo-hoo. Like, oh, you can't take torture? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> um, but no, it just it just didn't feel right. I don't know. Right. She saves her. She takes Lucy, wakes her up. They all go running into the field and get caught in the middle of the thing, get knocked out. Lucy gets knocked out. And then uh, the little girl gets taken away from fucking Anna. And then there's this whole fucking thing. They go down in the basement and all of them are getting beaten up or something. And like Anna's like, Lucy, can you hear me? It's important that you let me know you're alive. <laughs> and it's like, you don't know if Lucy's alive. So you're like, which one is it? <laughs> Who's going to be the martyr? And it's you're like, right. you know, it's going to be Lucy. And then, which ruins the whole point of explaining the whole fucking thing. Exactly. Like, why even explain it to Anna? What's the fucking point? And then, you know what the fucking reason she tells her is? Well, I was going to thank you and let you go. I was going to bringing her back for bringing her back. I hope you come to the realization like I did. Yeah. Hey, thanks for taking the closest person in my life who I've killed for uh, away (laughs) from me. Uh, Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. She's not going to go tell anybody about anything. Yeah. So let's dump her in the hole alive and we'll just bury her her alive. She won't get out. Yeah. We have to bury her alive, not kill her and throw her in the hole. We have to let her bury alive and conveniently leave a fucking tube out of the hole because dad had dug into an area that had a drain pipe by accident (laughs) who he cleaned out the hole of and she just so happened to live once they dumped the dirt on her like come on dude it's bad i wanted them to kill all of them at this point in time i just wanted the house to blow up and body parts go out 
That would have been nice. <laughs> I would have liked that. Um, she's like, the madam's like explaining it to Anna too. And she's all like, this is to, uh, she, she, she's saying it to Anna that Lucy is the martyr, which doesn't really make sense. Why should she tell her? They burn a girl in front of her saying, don't feel bad for her now. She welcomes this now. Like, as if it's like, you know, because this movie's trying to be edgy without actually being edgy. <laughs> and it's dumb. Very. Like, whoever's decision that was to to make a movie that was obviously going to push you're not pushing the boundaries you're not pushing the boundaries by doing this right that was the whole point of the first fucking film that's Mm -hmm. what gave it its teeth and you took all of its teeth out and go hey here's martyrs (laughs) (laughs) let grandma give you a gummy uh but (laughs) i don't know what i'm doing um they go back to Lucy and they put her on a table and they start to cut her on the back or cut her clothes off. You don't really see. And then Anna escapes the dirt pit through that tunnel I was mentioning. But mm-hmm. you can hear Lucy screaming in the basement because they're cutting her skin or something. I don't know what the fuck they were doing because she looks normal when you see her again. And then she chops off a guard's head with a shovel. Well, you don't really get to see that either. You just see it go in his neck. Mm-hmm. And then she stabs the next one, knocks the other one out, then makes it inside where there's a shotgun. And a guy shoots her, and she shoots that guy, <laughs> which was kind of okay. You don't see the shotguns. Anna makes it downstairs with the keys, opens up the door, and it's some other girl. Mm-hmm. It's like some random girl. Like some just random girl. And then she attacks the guy that's outside the door. That random girl attacks the other girl saving her mm-hmm. and then uh she's even told the girl she's like i'm sorry i can't save you you're not my friend <laughs> she didn't say you're not my friend she's like i'm looking for yeah, my I friend have to i can't go back for my friend yeah i gotta get my friend i'm sorry i can't help you it's like fuck have you fun. and she saves her life anyway anyway she gets stabbed by a doctor and then she shoots him like five times in the back and then pulling out one of the surgical knives from her side, Sam runs outside and finds a man on his tractor because she tells him to go. She, like, runs the little girl, the new little girl out. And she's like, go run until you find a house and tell somebody that something. And I kept thinking, yeah, oh, the- oh that they're going to own that house. Right. Or they're, they're going to own the there. neighboring houses or yeah. somebody's going to be on the lookout. Yeah, dumbass. And then uh, Anna makes it into a viewing room where Lucy's tied up on a cross like Jesus. And she's like looking up at the ceiling like Jesus as well. <laughs> like, God, uh, Dad, why did you do this? Dad, really? Did it annoy you that she was barely cut? That's I mean, what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, she was screaming in the room like she was getting her fucking skin removed like the first movie. But then when right. you see her on the cross, it's like she's got she's like got a, couple- a little bit of blood on her arm. <coughs> she's got like a couple dabs of fucking blood on her. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. That and then pissed it's like, me off. Yeah. I was not. not and she's down. in a schmock too. A schmock. Anna, she then commands the guy to take her down. And then the madam is like, you will have to let her die and you will let her suffering. She'll die in vain. You can you can have the answers to life. Please don't waste her suffering. But he shoots. She shoots her, and she's about to say suffering, and she shoots her in the head. Uh, she shoots the air. I mean, and then uh, warning the madam away, and then Lucy whispers into Anna's ear, which is this is the change, mm-hmm. and she tells her. And then the madam is like, "What did she say? What did she say?" And then the priest that was next to her is like, "I heard her," and then puts a gun in his mouth and shoots himself, Woo-hoo. which is okay. Like I'm like, okay, thank that God. Was stupid. I don't know. It was kind of cool. So. Um, but doesn't she shoot the madam? And then she was like, blow, she was there, blow. wasn't she? And and then uh, Anna shoots the madam, and she's like begging to hear while she was begging her to hear what she said. 
And then Anna leans down with Lucy and has this like flashback as them as kids handing her cookies and then on the merry-go-round. Yeah, they're like merry-go-round that they're like laughing and she's like, "Where would you go if we could get out of here?" And she goes, "Anywhere with you" or something like that. And then she's like, "Don't leave without me." And then goes to fucking heaven, I guess, with her. Okay, bye. Yeah, but she's not hurt. She just goes with her because their bond is so strong. Yeah, that. Yeah, she just dies instantly with her. Yeah, her eyes get glazed <laughs> over, and she goes into martyrdom mode. Oh, that's right. The end. Yeah, the end. I mean, it would make more sense if you cared about the characters more, but you don't. And you know what's stupid is they could make a sequel with Samantha. The kid. Oh, she's the one that got away. She's, she got away. So now she has to find the answer. So she starts torturing children. They, they call it uh, martyrs. Martyrdom. <laughs> it's just martyrdom instead. Martyrdoms. Yeah. And she like flies around and she like lasers people with her milk eyes. They <laughs> <laughs> should just go for that because like oh that would God. be way better than this. That's <laughs> her. I'd watch that. <laughs> Jesus wept. <laughs> <laughs> she like flies on her cross. She's lasering fucking <laughs> all these sick buck Illuminati people. What did you think of the guard guy who who was played by that actor that I said that I was talking about? I didn't think he was that good. He, did, he wasn't bad. menacing at all. No. Everybody in this movie talks too fucking much. Yeah. And they whine. It's because they're bitching too much. It's like they, it's like they wanted to explain everything. And then they're complaining about their jobs and <laughs> talking about Lisa at the fucking workshop, at the Illuminati office. Yeah, Jesus. She's always talking my ear off. She's always taking vacation. Yeah, she's we always, had Bigfoot here, and she was fucking yapping her yap, and we missed him. She's taking smoke breaks. <laughs> well, we're trying to torture this child. Yeah. We were smashing its arm with a hammer, and she kept talking. We couldn't enjoy it or masturbate. <laughs> Always that line, Alex. Oh, my God. Well, in a way, it kind of feels like they get off on it, right? Like a little bit. But really, they're just... No, they don't because they weren't doing anything like that. That's the thing. Hold on. This is the thing about the movie, the first movie, that is different. They're very clinical in the first movie. It's just like they're doing it not because they enjoy it. They're doing it because... To get answers. Yeah, like it's so important to get these answers. They're very clinical, very doctor-like, you know? Yeah. Like like they're performing some sort of torturous, uh, like, you know, surgery or something like that, you know, to make this thing happen. Yeah, obviously they're unempathic and fucked up in the head, but it is just a different clinical sort of vibe than this one. This Mm -hmm. one is like everybody just wants to talk, including fucking Lucy, which kind of ruined it for me. The fucking guard wants to talk too much. That, That takes the air of mystery away from everybody. And it's like, that's the thing that you like about Lucy is that you don't know that much about her. Mm -hmm. You just know she's been tortured. So every little fragment of everything that she says in the first movie is so impactful. You know what I mean? Right. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is, I guess. I, you know, some people, somebody wrote us and they were like, yeah, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. (laughs) Well, we just did. Yeah. Well, and we compared it, I think. I think we did a decent it's okay. Decent job. We're okay. So let us know what you guys think. I would love to hear it. Good, bad. It doesn't matter. Nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. It's just a movie. Move on with your life, Alex. Move on with your life, do Christina. You know, do you know what next week is? I do. It's your birthday. It's my birthday. <laughs> so I got to pick the movies. Yes, she did. Alex is very excited. Yeah, so excited. 
<laughs> one of them I am. I don't know about this other one. I don't know about the other one either. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, do so you want to tell them what it is? I chose Flowers in the Attic from 1987, a made-for-TV movie yeah. from the best-selling book. When Grandma locks a group of children who have lost their mother anyway. in an attic... <laughs> Anyway, and, crazy. and I ch- and which you can watch on Tubi or Prime, Prime Video. And I chose a movie I have never seen before, but I have an interesting story about how I stumbled across a horror movie called Christina's House from 2000, which is on Tubi. Whose house? Christina's. Wait, whose house? Anyway, Christina's House from 2000 is on Tubi, and we're going to watch that as a first-time watch Yay. because it's my birthday, and it's the only time we yeah, can watch this pick, movie on the podcast. You're going to have to pick the shots. You're going to have to pick all of it because it's your fucking birthday. Okay. So do you want to do shots? Do you want to do- uh, I don't know. We got to- What we, the fuck, Monday or both? We could do both? I don't, I don't know. I got to see if there's any interesting stories out for next week okay so we will see we will see so there's our birthday shot coming up like what are we gonna do for the birthday i don't know i don't know all right guys well thanks for coming by this week we really appreciate you guys if you have not please share this with somebody that you know or you know someone that you think that would enjoy this kind of discussion or who people who like dogs that bark at the end of their episodes like, you know, any of those that you might know. <laughs> or boyfriends who just keep talking and talking and talking. Yeah, well, you know, enjoy this kind of stuff, Christina. So suck a dick. <laughs> I only said that because you make him bark. He anyway, so thank you guys for coming by. <laughs> thank you guys for coming by. And as always, long live the void.